startups that are bootstrapped, they're really businesses already. The problem is when you do that, you're most likely going to awesome people who are going to do awesome things. To me, that's that's maybe there's a way to just kind of start over a little bit. Hey, listener, this is Adam Beta. My name is Peter Soom, and my co-host is Matt Wensing. Matt is the founder of Summit, and I'm the founder of Reform. And on this podcast, you get to follow along on our startup journeys. Don't forget to check out our website on adabeta.fm to find our entire back catalog and other resources, including our Start Here page for new listeners. Let's go. Hey, Matt. Welcome back. Hey, Pete. Thanks. I was expecting you to say something in, Fran- in French. No, I... I practiced for a week, and uh, I can get out a, a decent bonjour, but that's about it. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I also learned to say bonsoir in the evening, because if you continue to use bonjour, <laughs> people will think you're an idiot, So, which happened to me once. Yeah, that is, uh, I can see that actually yeah. <laughs> you can see me looking like an idiot i it's not hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> in um, in in scotland at least i'm not sure about the rest of the uk but in scotland when you when you meet people in the park and they say good morning you know as soon as it's noon they'll switch <laughs> to <laughs> something else <laughs> that's how you know yeah. it's not you know noon zero zero <laughs> exactly and then, noon yet because that's when they, they switch oh okay okay and the u.s i feel like we don't even bother we're just like hey yeah that, that's, that's about it yeah there's like <laughs> it's very proper to say good afternoon but anyway it was uh it was fun man it was a great trip i tweeted about how much i liked it i think um definitely put it on instagram and basically yeah had a great time it was uh six nights something like that and uh seven days of good food good sightseeing and uh much better experience than i even sort of anticipated just because i don't know the bar was really low the last time i went it was on an extreme budget as a high schooler and (laughs) obviously just completely different universe in terms of in terms of experience so it was fun nice so you didn't stay in a bunk bed this time Exactly. Yeah, I was literally in a hostel on a bunk bed last time. <laughs> very different. So, yep, good times. Nice, nice. I uh, I came back from Scotland yesterday, last night. Yeah, how was it? And I, I just posted in the Tiny Seed Slack, the travel uh, channel, that I was having the post traveling for fifteen days with a toddler beer, <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was very nice. Totally get it. Was it. It's good. It's all the fields. Um, also, a lot of work to travel with a small child, especially when you have more of a a more adventurous plan like we did. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, I think it went pretty well. I'm I'm proud of him for for dealing with all our putting up with all our like scheduling and weird food, <laughs> and he loved fish fingers and chips and fries. Yeah. So uh we need to we need a detox from that now, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good though. Yeah. But it was good. It was good to see Scotland again after well, in like a in a completely new being in a completely new place in life as a parent and living in no longer living there and so but yeah, yeah. it was good. I'm uh, success. I'm glad we made it. 
we uh we, we did have some challenges we um we spent a week in glasgow staying with some friends and then we headed out in a camper van when we planned to go around in the scottish highlands uh in that and uh, i think about one hour after we took off, uh, off from glasgow the people we were staying with sent us a text that they had just tested positive for covid <laughs> exactly what you want <laughs> yeah and uh, we we're about to get on a ferry to a small island in the Hebrides. And we we're like, hmm, I don't want to be trapped in a camper van in on a small island, not being able to take the ferry back because we have COVID uh, yeah. for who knows how long, be, you know, before it's gone through th- three people. So yep. um, we did not do that. And then in Scotland, they have these things called midges. They're basically like a tiny mosquito, and there are a lot of them in some places. And you can't hear them. You can barely see them, but they're the worst. Like, they'll just make you absolutely nuts. They'll just Uh eat you. There are these videos on YouTube with people doing Michi challenges where they'll just... They'll be in one of the areas where it's really bad, so they'll just run outside and just stand outside for a minute. And you just see their face just get more and more red as and they're just like about to explode oh. while they get eaten by these bugs <laughs> that's awful. and um yeah so the covid situation we we didn't end up getting covid which was really nice <laughs> obviously and the mitchy situation with a toddler that's really impatient and doesn't understand why we need to like hurry up and not you know stand mm. under that tree or like why we need to wear trousers <laughs> yeah because, um, yes when you don't don't want to so we had to like make some adjust adjustments to our itinerary but uh, overall it went well okay that's yeah. impressive we have these things called noceums that's what we call them colloquially here yeah which sounds similar it's like a shrunk down mosquito that you can barely see and makes yeah. you miserable yeah yeah apparently we live Ooh. in the one of the only places in denmark that has these um mm. and um but here it's nothing like you might come across like a few of them but in in scotland it's uh it's a thing like you're we've been places where our car was just covered in them in the morning yikes yeah so uh had some like fun challenges we ended up staying in a nice hotel the last night (laughs) instead of the van yeah there you go smart (laughs) were really nice good pivot yeah and then uh, but yeah overall i think it went well I'm proud of my son for like putting up with all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So cool. Uh, but uh, I was also excited to get back and like yeah. be in the office today and get back to work. Felt good to be home for sure. Yeah. So what's up, man? What do you Yeah, we don't have a sponsor doing? today uh because I've been not paying attention and just being like <laughs> on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um I think I have a call tomorrow with the next sponsor, so um we do have someone lined up. I just haven't done the thing that I'm supposed to do. So we're doing it for uh, for the love of the podcast today. Which we do. We still Public we service. Still That's right. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's what's up. And then uh, on, the, on the business side, someone else has been running Reform while I was on vacation. Bjorn has been um, alone. Mm. on uh on the ship and uh it's 
been going really well. He's been doing support the whole time, and he said he really enjoyed it. Actually, he liked mm. the like the, the aspect of getting it to zero all the time, mm-hmm. which is nice. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, I still got a lot of the email notifications, so I could just see that he had a good handle on ev- everything. Um, I don't know. I've just always done all the support, and he's never really had to do it, but it was he enjoyed it and it went well so maybe cool. we'll start to switch switch uh once in a while um actually i think within an hour from us getting the text that the our hosts um had covid i got a a text from bjorn with an image of a positive covid test as well and he was like oh wow so it finally happened like oh my god yeah i'm I'm about to like drive into the middle of nowhere (laughs) the guy that's like running the entire business now has covid i might not have like phone reception or anything i might have covid because i've been staying with these people for a week yeah (laughs) what is going on question Um, your life choices exactly so yeah for the first week he he did take care of support and shipped a lot of things. But the second week he was, uh, he was, you know, he was down with COVID, but he still, <laughs> he still did support, which I really appreciated. Um, yeah. Nice. Wow. So I didn't Trooper. have to like end our trip, yeah. but uh, I well, think good. he, good that he you said that like doing survived. support was like, okay to like do, you know, in bed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Scrappy. Yeah. The startup life, you know? Yeah. Anyways, let's do some updates, I guess, about stuff that happened in our uh, ab- absence. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I um, I have been excited to see a ConvertKit integration being launched <laughs> while I was, wasn't there. Um, Bjorn just sent me a message that he released it. So oh. that was really nice. <laughs> okay. I oh, didn't did realize that. <laughs> Great. I, I missed the announcement. Did you guys announce it or No, he did not announce it without okay, telling okay. me. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. That's that's a lot to do. You want me to announce these things too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. He um yeah, he just he kind of just released it and then um so it's there now. And my plan is tonight or uh, tomorrow to record a Loom video, send it to ConvertKit to share um how far we've gotten so far and send it to some of the people that I know uh, are ConvertKit users. We have some pretty mm-hmm. heavy ConvertKit users. Um, I'm just overall really excited about the whole ConvertKit. It's almost like a movement these days with like their conferences and yeah, some of the stuff they're cooking up. I just saw that yesterday that they launched basically like an ad network. An ad network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. And uh, some of the people that were mentioned in that announcement are actually using reform for some of their forms. So yeah, I'm just excited to be providing some more uh, integration between the two products. And um, I think Bjorn has done a really good job on the integration and it kind of, nice. I like the way we've built it where it, it kind of has two modes. One is like connect this form to your convert kit account and you don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. Then we'll just send everything from reform that makes sense to send to convertkit we'll just send that over and just give it like our name for it 
and at least you have it in your account. So like right. if you're creating like an early access form with reform and you wanted all those signups to go into ConvertKit, but you don't really have automations yet or you don't really have super strong opinions about how that data is stored, you just want to make sure that everyone is in ConvertKit. That's mm -hmm. the, the default mode. But then there is a toggle that's like, I think the, the I also like the phrasing he used or the wording he used. So the toggle says, take control of mapping. And then you toggle it and then you're in control. Then you are the driver basically. And you can uh, configure mm. where everything from the form uh, ends up in your ConvertKit account. Cool. That's really neat with these. So it kind of has this like power user um, toggle. Yeah, so I'm excited about launching that. Hopefully we'll get an announcement out this week. Um, and then the next step for that, I'm even more excited about, which is basically a, I, I want to connect templates with integrations. So mm. if we had a template for something that's ConvertKit specific, enabling that template would also um, immediately connect to ConvertKit. And part of the kind of like the template definition would be how that mapping should work in ConvertKit. So mm -hmm. when we know the use case of the form, we can be even more opinionated, I guess, about how the data ends up looking in your ConvertKit account. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that direction for uh, templates where they are more than just, you know, three blocks on the form. Um, but there are more much more like end-to-end -end use case uh, specific um, yeah, things. Like you just enable this template and you have like the whole use case is kind of solved and set up. It's and all not glued any... together already. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So hmm. for that use case, I don't really want people to like even go to our integrations page. I just want them to set up the template and then basically be done with it. Mm -hmm. And... So that way, like, they wouldn't see the integrations page and, like, all the other tools we integrate with. Like, for them, it would just be, like, oh, this, you know, this ConvertKit influencer shared this tool with me and a specific use case that he linked to uh, for a template. So I picked that template, and it's, you know, it it mentioned ConvertKit several times. It asked me for my ConvertKit credentials, and it made a form that's now connected to my ConvertKit account. So from their point of view... It's almost like reform is like a ConvertKit specific thing. Hmm. So I that's think great. that's like, that's an interesting way for me at least to like do really deep integrations. Mm -hmm. And actually it won't require very much. Like it's just like a reconfiguration of the UI um, for like all the backend stuff that we already have. So it's just like about like guiding people through that, I guess. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. Need to make... How, so how are you going to promote the ConvertKit integration? Like, what's your... Yeah, I mean, we're going to promote it, obviously, to our list of mm -hmm. users. Um, ConvertKit have uh, indicated that they might be willing to help us kind of amplify um, that message. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have, I guess, our, like, most... Uh, well-known uh, ConvertKit user is probably Brennan Dunn. And he's already mm -hmm. been sharing content about uh, how to use Reform with ConvertKit. And I I just hope that some of these people that we have uh, for like that are using ConvertKit already, when they see some of these features, they'll be even more excited to 
spread the word. Mm-hmm. A, a few of the ConvertKit people we have are educators as well, and like they do courses and 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 teaching. So the plan there is just to basically be their favorite tool. Um, yeah. And solve Smart. all their use cases, and then we also have someone. They're not really promoting Reform, but just the fact just the fact that they use Reform with like a really large email list has give us given us signups in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't okay. right now. I don't have many other plans besides that. Um, well, if those work, you'll you know yeah. If that yeah, works, but if if we, if, if, want, if the people that we want. Uh, to care care about it and they like it i think we could probably find some good ways to um to promote it mm-hmm. i mean cool. as soon as we can like um i mean the 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 way nathan promoted convertkit was looking at who was using mailchimp and you know doing direct outreach to those yeah um it's not very hard to find out who's using convertkit because it's a public facing thing that they have yes. right um, yep so they're hmm. pretty easy to find yeah yeah nice yeah so that's templates is kind of like the next big thing that we're tackling together with the convert kit stuff but also it also plays into a lot of other stuff that we're doing with onboarding activation and, and seo as we've talked about as well so mm-hmm yeah, I'm just excited to get back into the th- to things, and I feel like yeah. the numbers are looking more optimistic now. Like we still have a long way to go, but you know, MRR is is up this month instead of staying at the plateau, which is mm-hmm. nice. And, That's a good um, feeling. Churn is not looking too bad, and search traffic is up, and so um, good. It's I'm in a good place mentally to like. Um, yeah, just be back in, in the office and, and excited to get stuff done. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hmm. uh, let's switch to your update. I don't have much more because I haven't been doing anything and I came home last night. Uh, yeah, understandable. I We got home middle of last week, but uh, between the time zone changes and uh, sort of being back, back home uh it's all the activities and things we missed out on while we were away it was pretty much a blur thursday friday so i I, you know some email and slack messaging and whatever uh to try to catch back up and yeah ultimately came back yesterday uh yeah monday to things essentially in full swing um in terms of getting the we, we are now focused before we go to this general admission state where the website's up to date and everything. Um, we are on the product side, hundred percent focused on the publish this, uh, as a publicly available app. So making that functionality come to life and those flows work. So the idea that you can build a model, put a presentation on it and then publish the model and presentation together as an app is the full focus uh, on both the Python side and the JavaScript side, so front and back end. And that's coming together. Um, I'm pretty uh, confident that barring any unforeseen issues, um, 
we've scoped out and, and kind of figured out what needs to get done for that to work. So what it means is that um, post-launch, uh, you'll be able to not only see your app or to see it yourself, <laughs> but there'll be a publish button that says, okay, this is your URL for anybody in the world to visit this app themselves and to use it. And uh, that'll be like a pretty URL. So it can, it won't just be a bunch of sort of encoded gobbledygook. It'll say something cool like, you know, uh, tiny seed slash SAS funding calculator or something. And so they can share that with the world. That'll of course be hosted at Summit. But that's the big push, which makes us into a, a platform. You obviously don't have to publish things publicly, but we want to show people the benefits of that because you can use that for a lot of things like lead gen or, you know, monetization, et cetera. Nice. Yeah. You could do the good old Derek Reimer play of reserve your handle then. Oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually had a big talk about, we, we had a, a big talk. We had a, sl, a medium slack about this because that was the question. Like if people reserve chase hyphen bank, you know, and then they make a mortgage calculator, it also opens you up to like, impersonation and other things so i was like you know what though that's a great problem to have and if like the real chase bank ever gets on here or if people think it's worth it to do that we're gonna we you know we can definitely add verification and validation of urls and things um i would love to like be able to work on that (laughs) as a problem but for now it's really just being able to put what's in your url you know and have it work for me then custom so I know you've got these issues, right? Uh, oh which God. I see as a, it is a success metric to some extent. Um, and uh, It's a stretch, but, but I, I get what, what you're saying. Yeah, if nobody cares <laughs> or uses it, you've got a bigger problem. So, um, But you're past that. And so we want to be past that too on this side. And for now, though, I'm excited. Yeah, URLs can be um, pretty and canonical. And that means that we can really focus on an SEO SEO play with this, which is, I was talking to someone this morning in, in a Slack group that I'm in about SEO, and they basically said that, and I, and I we ended up agreeing with this as a team. Right now we have usesummit.com, and then once you start using the app, it goes to app.usesummit.com. And that made sense originally when I was thinking that, okay, there's a SaaS app, you're logged in, you're authenticated, you're building a model, it's very private, that's that's where you should be but now that we have like the marketing site and then publicly publishing content like it doesn't really make sense to have it be app.youtube.com or app.medium.com or something it's just it's just youtube it's just medium it's just whatever and of course you can have private content on those services but um, app.github.com for example so we're going to get rid of subdomaining the subdomain probably just flatten it yeah, and then we may need like a subdirectory or folder that says like slash public or slash content or something. Um, so, and then, you know, the rest of the URL for people to publish their their wares. But um, that's the direction we're headed. And I'm excited because then I think about things like, you know, discovery and browsing of these models and this content. And uh, I think it's... It, it, we can talk about this in the mastermind soon, but I think my my next my next first challenge on the go to market part is okay. 
there's a giant, you know, endless long tail of calculators. You can make a body mass index calculator. You can make a nutrition calculator. You can make a weight loss one. You can make a, you can make a beehive <laughs> colony simulator, right? So it's like no end to the things you can make content-wise. So it's an interesting challenge to think about where do we, how do we concentrate our efforts so that Google begins to recognize us as a place to go for this kind of content so that our developers get their calculators, forecasts, and simulations used by people who are looking for that kind of content. Uh, so I'm not really sure yet um, like what the focus should be, but I'm, I'm wary of, you know, niching down in the sense of like in the early days of YouTube, I don't want people only to post family trips to Hawaii. Like that's not, that doesn't make sense. Like you've built this whole broad thing. And we talked about this before on the pod, but like, how do we stay horizontal, but start kindling some localized fires that make sense uh, for our early adopters? That's the challenge. So are you thinking about having some sort of public marketplace where people can add their uh, stuff to? Yeah, that's the idea. So, and and I, th- yeah, that definitely. So that's that's exciting because I think demand will beget people wanting to build more of these things, right? And that's when everybody wins. So, you know, the easiest place to build a calculator, forecast, or simulation of anything, right? And then letting people embed those in their medium posts, their ghost blog posts, their WordPress sites. Like you can also take the content with you and embed it elsewhere, but we would be the platform for that content if you don't choose to embed it elsewhere. And yeah. Um, so templates, definitely financial model. I mean, sure. Post a template for a financial model for a SaaS company. That's fine. Somebody will find that. They'll copy it into their own private, you know, account and they'll use it to help model their business. But the domain, you know, where do we go from there is a little tricky because obviously our team internally can't and doesn't want to make all the things. <laughs> we just want to inspire the creation of things. Nice. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm uh, I'm still really excited for you to launch all of this. Yeah. What's what's really, I mean, what's amazing to me is the team is just, just kind of, just, this is happening. <laughs> That's all I think I can say. It's like, I would normally talk about this dreaming of, you know, maybe a year from now after we raise a big round of funding or whatever. But the fact that this is, this is around the corner and this is going to happen is very exciting to me. Now I just need to make we just need to make, I almost want to say the right decisions. I want to run, let me say it this way. I want to run the right set of tests to figure out what to do differently if it's not working. Because we have time to iterate a few times, to try a few things. And I'll tell listeners, like, what I started to do is I went to Whimsical. And I used the mind map feature. And I built out... Um, all the existing tools that are kind of in the market that we're, that we're entering into. So kind of the maker market, right? So creator platforms, marketplaces, 
data, where, where do makers store their data? Where do they build their apps? What are the new kinds of documents? So everything from Notion to Webflow to Airtable to G Sheets to Zapier, Gumroad, ConvertKit, Substack, all these things. And just kind of made a big, just a big tree shape out of all these things and kind of grouped and categorized them. And then I'm thinking, you know, what does Summit have to offer a user of kind of any of these other tools? Just to think through all the mappings between, okay, why would a newsletter author on ConvertKit potentially be interested in a calculator that's available on Summit, you know? And does it make sense to try to go after them with that kind of thing? So basically playing that kind of um, many-to-many exercise and that from that, you know, from that you end up with maybe, I don't know, you could end up with a hundred potential experiments to run, but then it's like, okay, what are the, what are the 10 that sound like they have the best chance of working between now and the end of the year? And how do we proactively pursue those, um, is, is the next. And I've got one locked in that I know for sure we're doing. So we have a partner lined up and we're going to be doing an integration, a direct integration, I'm really excited about that one, but I feel like we need, you know, six others <laughs> because most of them are going to fail. And that's kind of ends up being what we spend the rest of the year working on. Yeah. So you're launching this. Everyone gets really excited about it and um, everyone starts using it. And then once all this recession talk and stuff is over, you'll be in a great, <laughs> yeah. in a great in a great place for the next leg of the journey. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried about the current market situation. Um, and maybe I should probably be more, um, I say worried, worry doesn't help you, but you know what I mean? More. Um, yeah. I think thoughtful. I'm the same as you, but the, the market we're going after is so big that none of the, even if a large part of everybody that uses these other tools wasn't interested in Summit anymore, the percentage that's left is still enough to build an exciting business. Um, and yeah, and like doubling down on a low-cost product with a freemium mm-hmm. model attached to it Good when people are trying to save money is True. actually like, you know, playing to... Uh, the current market i guess true it's like you don't need to hire a javascript dev to build this calculator anymore um that's compelling in a down market <laughs> yeah uh, yep interesting that's a great point yeah I'm, yes. i mean I'm, we're we are really like we're starting to see traffic from i launched an alternative page for um for typeform and it focuses specifically on free typeform alternatives so if, p- if people want to see it, they can go to reform.app slash free dash typeform dash alternative and it's it's getting picked up now i think it's a uh, it's for some queries it's definitely in top 10 search results and it's, it's starting to get traffic and i think that's what people are searching for these days if they're trying to cut costs like when mm. companies like typeform that are in like harvesting mode have been like aggressively increased increasing their prices over several years um that's what people care about now is finding alternatives to those 
and we're not in in the harvest phase you know we're in the growth phase so it's kind of in our interest i think that's my play at least to have a lower price uh, than the incumbents and i think that might be uh, a good bet right now yeah agreed um yeah, focusing on how this is cheaper, faster, better, all at the same time. Is that the premium option, in other words? Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of pricing. So I, sorry. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, oh, okay. I, I think that's everything for Summit this week. <laughs> okay. Still waiting. No, wait, yeah, I was wait. just thinking about like something Bjorn and I talked about today when we were kind of like looking at the metrics uh, from the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um there's something we need to revisit about our new pricing model for reform and something we actually don't fully understand right now. So we have the free plan, the $15 plan, and then the $25 plan, and then we have a more expensive plan that no one is using right now because it doesn't really have any features. Um, um, anyways, our average sales price, um, after getting rid of like our really cheap annual plan, and with this new pricing has gone from $14 to, I think, $24 mm-hmm. average sales price, hmm. which is good because it's helping our output go up um, the more customers we get. But it's interesting because almost everyone, with like one or two exceptions, they pick the $25 plan. No one is picking the $15 plan. The only benefit of, of the $15 plan is that it removes the reform branding. Hmm. So apparently what I'm reading into it is people don't care much about if we show the reform branding or not. And and then the so the problem right now is we actually haven't and we that's on my list to do uh, today or tomorrow is to look into why people might be picking the $25 plan because there's a few different features you get on that plan that you don't have on the free plan. Um like team access and file uploads. And I think we could just look into people's accounts to see if they've added team members or if they've added file upload blocks to their forms. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting. Like we have a plan that's the cheapest one that no one picks. Everyone uh, picks the $25 plan. So I think, first of all, we need to understand why they're doing that. But mm-hmm. second of all, I think we need to revisit the whole pricing model because the the idea was that we would need like a cheap plan that people would mm. flip to, and then maybe from there they would upgrade. But apparently, people don't care if it's fifteen or twenty five dollars. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, price yeah, sensitivity so, tells you a lot too. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the twenty five one should be the new low plan, and there should mm. be someone. Like something between the $25 and the $85 plan. Cool. So that's actually uh, another thing that yeah. I'm thinking through right now. Because I think it's not like a huge lever right now because we're like low volume still. But it's definitely an interesting thing that's happening. For sure. Uh, small. Ch- if you have a lot of customers, small changes to those little numbers can make a big difference. Right? So... Yeah. Yeah, and like percentage wise, like getting our average sale price from fourteen to twenty four is like pretty significant. It's big. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um but distributed across all those people, if they don't care, if the average person doesn't care, then that's huge, you know. Um that it's funny. Uh Ben Thompson talks about this on 
his uh, in his newsletter, um, Stratechery, recently about Netflix raising prices. And he's like, the only downside to that whole strategy is, yes, you can raise the Netflix price from $14 to $19, but and you get this lift, but you can kind of only do that once across all of your customers, and like yeah. you can't keep doing it. So, but <laughs> if if your goal is to like if your goal is to get your baseline revenue up, like so that you can get to some threshold, then it's a great strategy. Yeah, that's definitely our goal. We uh, we have a mastermind now, so we better yeah stop recording. Let's go to the secret <laughs> private room. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, it was good to be back on the mic. Yeah, same. Next week, hopefully, we'll have a sponsor if I get my act together. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Welcome back. All right, man. See you in there. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.